So Many Bits is brought to you in part by the Second Wind Collective. For more quality podcasts like this one, please visit secondwindcollective.com for details. Again, that's secondwindcollective.com. Welcome to So Many Bits. I'm your host, Bill Nielsen, and joining me as always from Toronto, Canada, is Cliff Murphy. Cliff, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing all right, thanks. This week, we're going to check back in on the New Year's resolutions we made during the new year. Mm-hmm. Now, at that time, we had promised each other we'd try a new game, something we hadn't played before, but considered a classic or a very well-reviewed game from the era. Uh, I'm playing Half-Life 2, and Cliff, you're playing... I am playing uh, Batman Arkham Asylum. Yeah, and so we're just going to check back in and see how the experience is going for each of us. Mm -hmm. The other important factor is that uh, both of us already owned these games on our Steam libraries, but just hadn't done anything with them. Uh, In fact, I had Batman... I purchased it in 2011, apparently, and uh, I just had not installed it at all it was there and i hadn't done anything with it so and that also as well uh points out to me that i've had my computer since 2011 and i haven't upgraded it at all so i feel like i should do that eventually too same here man i feel like i'm okay to run half-life 2 but i was looking at xcom 2 Mm -hmm. and seeing that people were having trouble running it with like their state-of-the-art rigs and it's like oh boy maybe i maybe i should look into that at some point (laughs) yeah maybe i should do that i don't know why the other day i was looking and i was like watching a bunch of like you know building a new computer like whatever videos right and i was like oh yeah cool i could buy this part and i could do this and i could build a whole new thing then i looked over at my regular computer and i was like that's the whole reason i bought a desktop computer in the first place is so i could rebuild it when i wanted to and i haven't done it ever apart from putting in a different graphics card like three years ago so i was angry at myself i'm taking it out on you but you know i was angry at myself that i didn't remember that anyway i'm gonna do that soon hopefully that it's really all right i self-flagellate all the time so i barely notice the difference (laughs) whether you're self-flagellating or i'm self-flagellating it's all the same very true As a quick reminder, So Many Bits is brought to you in part by the Second Wind Collective. For more quality podcasts like this one, please visit secondwindcollective.com for details. So, Half-Life 2, how's it going? Yeah, well, as you were saying, these were both games that we already had owned. And in the interest of full disclosure, I have played part of Half-Life 2 before. I got it originally as part of the Orange Box. I'd rented the Orange Box on like the 360 back in 08. Right. And... Before I put it down and played Portal a lot, because Portal is a great game, mm-hmm. I played some of Half-Life 2. I got through the train station, and I got out of the city into like the like the sewer areas or whatever, okay. and that's where I stopped playing. Oh, okay. So that's like maybe an hour in, maybe. Maybe, yeah, yeah. Not very far. And mm-hmm. in fact, I, I had picked up the game again in 2013, which I know because I looked at the old saves I had, <laughs> and I had played past that point and i had made it up to i had gotten the hydrofoil oh okay which i think is only like i think that's only still like two or three hours in no that's not that's not still not very far into the game but it's you know further than where you were before and this time i have furthered myself even further i have gone past that uh when, when you start out the game you are gordon freeman and in the previous edition of half-life 
you were a regular scientist at a Black Mesa facility, mm-hmm. which is does something with like physics or whatever. Yeah. And yeah. And some freak accident occurs that transports you to an alien world. And when you come back, everything is fucked. Mm-hmm. Yep. You, uh, you get, uh, there's some experiment that you're doing and, uh, you have this like piece of alien matter or this piece of material, I think something like that. And, uh, you put it into a certain machine and it basically opens up this rift and makes all of these monsters from this, uh, alien world show up. And, uh, then you end up getting, you end up getting transported to the end of the, uh, to the alien world at the end of, uh, Half-Life, uh, which is called Zen. And, uh, then at the end of the game, you defeat, like, the big, like, head alien on Zen. And then the game basically ends with the G-Man, who's the, uh, the government agent, I guess. Well, he looks like a government agent, but as is yet, no one really knows who he is or what his affiliation is. Uh, but he, uh, basically just takes Gordon Freeman and puts him in stasis. So the neat thing about Half-Life 2 is it starts, I think, something like 20 years after the events of Half-Life. And in the time since Half-Life happened, people have been using, uh, as far as I remember, what are called Zen relays, which are basically just ways to transport uh, between these different worlds. And now there's a bunch of different like aliens that live on Earth, and it's actually all like basically run by this like oppressive, uh, overseeing alien organization called the Combine. Which is uh, pretty neat that it goes like you see none of this happen and you just show up again and all of this is going on. Mm-hmm. You're really dropped right into it. It mirrors in one way the introduction to the first game where there you're taking a train into the Black Mesa facility. Here you are taking the train into like a, like a, a ghetto of one of the Combine cities where you're being dropped off to i don't know exactly it's it's kind of unclear how you get on the train i I think you are as far as i know you are just put onto the train uh you just that's all it is you're in stasis somewhere else and you are just awoken and put right onto the train so you don't really know how you got there but it's intentionally unclear because you're you're somewhere else you're you're brought out of stasis whatever it is by the g-man and just put you right onto the train that's basically it but when you get off that train things get real in a hurry because pretty soon you're fighting against the combine who are who are the soldiers in the army of the oppressive regime and you've got these resistance members who are trying to get you out of the city because in the time that has passed since the original game you've become like a symbol of hope and freedom for the human resistance fighters mm-hmm. which is pretty neat that you had no idea that was going on obviously yeah, it was pretty cool, and you get out of there, and you start meeting characters from the past game. You meet Barney, who was one of the security cards from Half-Life 1. You meet Eli, who was a scientist from the first game, and you meet Alex. You meet uh, Alex, who is Eli's daughter. Mm-hmm. And these characters all kind of float around you, but they're not really part of your story too frequently. Like, they'll, they'll show up for a hot minute, but then you're pretty quickly left back to your own devices again. Yeah, they're you're not in there for very long. Like, I mean, even when you uh, get back to, uh, I think it's uh, uh, Dr. Kleiner's lab, I think, with Alex, uh, even when you show up there and you're trying to, you know, warp or teleport over to, I think it's uh, uh, Black Mesa East, I think is what it's called. Yeah. You're trying to teleport over there. But even that, like, that shows up, like, it's it, 
it's like such a small amount of time compared to the rest of the game. Like it's 20 minutes. Maybe you're in this area around all these people. And then, like you said, you're back out into the wilderness trying to make your way around and like solve puzzles and shoot things. And for the time, it's a big evolutionary step over games that had come before it. Examples being like uh, Doom or Quake or the early Unreal games where those are mostly uh, like flat games that take place on, on one level and are they're they're they are set in three dimensions, but they like the perspective is three dimensions. But you are not like going up inclines or going up to different uh, like heights or going down to different different depths really too often. No. Here in no in in Half Life and Half Life Two, you're doing a lot of like platforming in first person. You're you're solving puzzles. You're interacting with the environment. Even they make sure to show that to you like in the very first seconds of the game, where like some. Uh, soldier is like, pick up that can. <laughs> yeah, pick, pick up, up pick that up can. Up. And you're like, oh, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to do this. I think if you just mess around with him and you like pick it up and throw it away or something, he gets mad at you and starts beating you or something like that. Yeah, he will, he will give you a hard time if you like throw it at him or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Yep. But yeah, there's definitely a lot of puzzle solving. You must have been past the uh, the spot in the game, which I think is pretty like pretty notorious just for being like, okay, guys, we get it. You made a physics engine, which is when you're walking around kind of the sewer area and you have to pick up the cinder blocks and put them on the end of the seesaw so that you can climb up the seesaw to get out of it. Do you remember that part? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like, at the time, it was probably like, whoa, this I can't believe you had to solve this puzzle. That's amazing. But now you look back on it, and you're like, okay, we get it. <laughs> yeah, there were, there were some definite elements there of them wanting to show off, I think. Yep. Like, I, I think also when you get the hydrofoil and you're, and you're riding around, I mean, a lot of that is superfluous. Like, you, you ride around, and you go to, like, different spots on the on the way, on the waterway. And you get out and you shoot some guys and you get back in and you drive to the next spot and you shoot some more guys and you get back in the hydrofoil. It's like, I don't know if this was necessary. You could have, like, if you were designing the game, you probably could have just, like, put all these rooms together. It's a much prettier uh, journey this way, but I don't know if it was necessary. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so what uh, what other things have you encountered? So you did that, you got to, uh, you don't end up getting to teleport, but there is that cool scene when the teleporter kind of malfunctions and you show up in a bunch of different places, right? And, uh, yeah, you, you show up in, like, G-Man's office, right? Uh, you show up in Breen's office. Oh, Breen's uh, office. Yeah. yeah. Uh, G-Man just appears, like, mysteriously in the background every now and then. Uh, something that's pretty cool about Half-Life and Half-Life 2 uh, if you're quick, you can actually notice the G-Man just kind of watching you and then walking around in different places. It's never, like, directly, like, right in front of you, but you can notice him off in the distance in, like, a window or something like that, and then he'll just start walking away, right? So he's always kind of there watching you and everything like that. That happened a bunch in uh, the first Half-Life. It happens in Half-Life 2 a whole bunch, too. But uh, it's just kind of a... It's like a neat little bonus that happens in the background. It's It's not necessary, but you can, like, see it out of the corner of your eye, which is pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Hopefully there is some closure there. Uh, I haven't, you know, gotten through the whole game. <laughs> yeah, I think that that's that's a. Uh, I don't think anybody uh, uh, puts the words "half life" and "closure" in the same sentence. Not to say that there's closure in the game itself, but just the series is just, you know, pretty notoriously yeah. unfinished. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, maybe mm -hmm. some other time or some other year. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, you escape the city, you escape the sewers, you get the hydrofoil. And I'm kind of blasting through this part because 
I didn't play that recently. The part where I'm picking up is like at Black Mesa East, and there you you meet Eli there for the first time, mm-hmm. and then you get to reunite with Alex and Dog, and you do some more physics-based stuff where you get the gravity gun. Yeah, love the gravity gun. I think it's awesome. Now, at this point, it doesn't seem like it does a whole lot. Like, they had me play catch with Dog, and then, like, sometimes I'll use it, like, I... Later on, you get a dune buggy, and I had to flip the dune buggy back over. So I used the gravity gun to do that. But. Sure. Uh, it is super useful for picking up things and throwing those things at enemies. Um, in fact, you can get an achievement for doing the entirety of Ravenholm with only using the gravity gun. Oh, that you know that probably would have made it easier. Like I was getting pretty far down on ammo at a few different points in there. And I got eventually pretty good at using the crowbar on the like the lowest tier of the zombie enemies and just sure. like knocking them twice on the head, backing out while they did their swipe and getting back in there. Right. But yeah, the gravity gun probably would have made that a lot easier. It would let me conserve ammo for the tougher guys. Oh, it's it's like it's it's a difficult achievement to get, but it's also super super fun because you're trying to puzzle solve the entire time. You're looking for the items that you can pick up and throw, and then you'll encounter like a a saw blade or something, and then immediately you're like, oh, oh, I'm done, and you'll just use the gravity gun, launch it at a bunch of head crab zombies, and then like pull it out of the wall and do it again over and over and over. Uh, it's uh, it's super entertaining to do that stuff. Uh, so... I feel really dumb right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fair. I mean, the first time I went through Ravenholm, I was doing the same thing, right? Because, you know, I wasn't as familiar with it. But then I tried doing it with the gravity gun afterwards, and it's just, it's a blast, right? Like, it's it's super fun to try and do it. Um, I won't spoil it too much, but later on, you get to do some other stuff with the gravity gun that is also awesome. So it's, it's pretty consistently uh, enjoyable. I like it a lot. I think it's a fun weapon. Okay, well, I'll have to give it a try later on. Right now, I've been mostly sticking to guns, and like as I gradually get more powerful ones, like I got the shotgun, mm-hmm. and then you get the Overwatch pulse rifle, and been using those and mm-hmm. doing okay. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah, it's good. It's uh, it's pretty versatile. You get lots of different things that you can use in lots of different ways. Uh, I don't remember. I think you get mines or something like that. I never really use those or anything, but I'm sure there's you know reasons to use those or whatever. But it's all fun. Yeah. Yeah, and while you're in Ravenholm also, you meet uh, Father... Grigori. Gregorio. Grigori. Grigori, that's it, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I, he's a little bit like the G-Man, just only in the sense that I wanted to know a little bit more what his deal was, and then at the end, he's just like, well, see you later, and you're like, okay, bye, and I, maybe I missed like some book or diary to explain things more. <laughs> yeah, it's. I think it's pretty much just like he's a guy who he's, you know there that's that's basically all you need i don't know like it's kind of interesting to be like oh okay you know who he is you know where'd he come from but it's never really you know it doesn't really come up he's just the guy that helps you out in raven home that's basically it but it does you're right it does kind of make you ask the question like why is this guy electing to live here right yeah that that was the main thing i was thinking about is like you know why clearly he's doing okay for himself he's not incompetent but still it seems like you could have a much easier life doing almost anything else than killing zombies all day and night yeah that's that's basically his well as far as we know that's basically his life yeah Mm -hmm. and then he you go through raven home you have the option of using the gravity gun which i didn't use uh (laughs) 
You do get to, to use some traps, though, that are around there. Yeah, you do. Uh, like, different, like, spinning blades or fire or things that are set up. Yeah, yeah. I, I use the spinning blades a lot. I crushed some zombies with cars. That was pretty fun. Mm-hmm. And you get around on the roofs, and, like, there were a couple of fun spots where you're, like, in the big city area, and there are a bunch of zombies coming at you from all different directions, and you can use traps to deal with them. You also have the guns, and I suppose you could use the gravity gun if you wanted to. <laughs> yep. You had all those options available, so that that was fun. That that part I was pretty into. Mm-hmm. Uh, and after that, I got out of there and I got a dune buggy. Yes, yep. And you get to drive around the sand, right? Yep. And then you meet some ant lions, and they're dicks. Yep. There, uh, that part is pretty fun as well. Like, I mean, that's another, you mentioned, uh, a bunch of platforming opportunities. That's a huge platforming opportunity. You have to, like, jump from rock to rock and, like, try not to land on the sand. Or sometimes you gotta pick up things. Like, you could pick up, like, pieces of wood and stuff with the gravity gun and put them down and then walk on the wood so you're not walking on the sand. I feel like I'm missing quite a bit here. (laughs) Did you not do that at all? No, I just kind of was like, man, there are a lot of these antlions out here. <laughs> yeah, I think the game throws a lot of antlions at you when you walk on the sand to try and get you to realize that it you're not supposed to really walk on the sand. Like, I do, you can do it, right? But I think it's just more difficult. Uh, so it's definitely kind of be. I, I think the game's definitely trying to be like, okay, but you can like platform your way through this, right? You can, you know, puzzle solve. Uh, but you know. More than one way to crack an egg, I guess. Man, yeah, I, I guess so. I uh, I got through the gunship fight, I think, in the way they tell you to, uh, but they're pretty overt in that part, what you should do. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, where does that happen again in relation to the other stuff? Where does it happen? Okay, so you, you escape Ravenholm, you escape through, like, the, the mines, basically, mm-hmm. and then you get out of there, you go to, you end up in a, another base, Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, we've got a, a dune buggy here you can use to, like, get to another spot. Because uh, Eli had been uh, put in prison. Mm-hmm. And you have to break him out. Mm-hmm. So they give you the dune buggy. You go for a while. Like, you get, like, I don't know, halfway to where you're supposed to be. You get out. And they're like, oh, a gunship is coming. But don't worry. Talk to the colonel. And this, I thought, was a pretty funny moment, actually, is uh, you go downstairs. And the colonel is, like, instructing the men on how to use a rocket launcher. And he's like, okay, guys. You gotta like point this thing at the. You gotta keep the laser sight on the target you want, mm-hmm. and if you move it, the rocket will move with the target, and that's how you evade the gunship. Now I need someone. Oh, Gordon Freeman. Good to see you. <laughs> One second. Now I need someone to take this rocket launcher and use it on this gunship that's inbound. <laughs> no volunteers. Like, yeah. How about you, Gordon? <laughs> yeah, you seem like the man for the job, and you you take it from him, and he's like, "I'll be up there in a sec." yeah aka you figure out how to do it and you get out there and the other two guys that are in there i don't know why they didn't volunteer for rocket launcher duty their their duty is one dude is like give you rockets and the other dude is give you health (laughs) i I just feel like i'd be safer with the rocket launcher at that point honestly okay i've got a few jobs to go around you there yes sir i'd like you to stand there and hand out rocket launcher ammo should i use it in any way perhaps to fight the gunship no no Stand there and hand it out. Now you, sir. Yes, sir. I want you to stand there and give out health packs to people. Perhaps I should run around and distribute it to those who are wounded. No, you'll stay right here and do that. Now you, Gordon Freeman, take these rockets and these health packs and go fight that gunship. Okay, break. That's what happens. This feels like 
A, cheer, a chore wheel would have helped you. <laughs> chore wheel. Okay, I've got various chores on the wheel. Go ahead and spin it. Oh, I hope I get fight the gunship. All right, <laughs> you got hand out medical packs. <laughs> yeah. Me, I spinned it earlier. I got the manage the chore wheel and manage the charts down in the basement. <laughs> I got, what's your chore for the week? I got manage the chore wheel. <laughs> <laughs> That's a terrible <laughs> chore. That's funny. That's good. Yeah. But yeah, so you blow up a gunship. Okay. So uh, yeah. where are you now? Now I got to uh, like the the factory area. I got okay. the dune buggy there where like you have the, the giant magnet. And it took me also a long time to realize, oh, you're supposed to use the magnet to bring the dune buggy up to the next level so you can keep driving. Uh, yeah. Because Yeah. Because <laughs> Because I got through the whole facility. I killed every guy, and I was like, okay, now what? <laughs> and I saw, like, a, a road up ahead, and I was like, well, I'm probably not supposed to walk down that. I'm probably supposed to drive down that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep, okay. Well, I should have done this first. <laughs> so that felt like a, a good breaking off point before I went and backtracked and took care of that. No. But that's where I'm at right now. That's fair. Hey, that's a lot more progress than you made the last time, I suppose. Hooray! I did it. Yeah, you did it. I think once you get past Raven Home, then you're you're pretty much in, you know? Then you're like, okay, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do the next part and do this sort of stuff. There's lots of other, like, cool stuff that still uh, has to happen, which is awesome. Excellent. But I'm really enjoying the game. Yeah, I was, I was just going to ask. You're enjoying it so far? Yeah, I, I feel like the parts of playing the game are great mm -hmm. uh, where you're in the mix and you're fighting and you're shooting stuff uh, the the cutscenes so I know that strictly speaking the game does not have cutscenes it prides itself on not having cutscenes in fact by putting you like right in the moment mm -hmm. but maybe it's just because it's 2016 now that doesn't work very well <laughs> yeah the non cutscenes are still kind of cutsceney yeah it's like you walk into the room and there's a dude, and he's like, oh, Gordon Freeman, mm -hmm. I didn't see you there. <laughs> Why don't you come over this way? Mm -hmm. And he turns around, and then he walks towards the thing, and he does his animation. Just a moment, Gordon. <laughs> and he does more of the thing. Yeah. Okay, you can go through that door over there now. Yep. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's like... There's no, uh, there's no sense of like, uh, there are, there's no like director on these scenes. It's all being done through the game engine. There's no cinematography. There's not really any tension there. Yeah, well, they're trying, but yep, that's just... uh, that's fair. It's not uh, drawing your attention to the, anything in particular. Like I remember lots of different times when people will be talking. They're like, "No, it's a matter of life or death." I'm just walking around seeing if there's stuff I can pick up. <laughs> so I'm not even paying attention. Uh, but yeah, if it were like a more edited cutscene, it could draw your attention to something more specifically, right? Or load the next area in a more subtle way, perhaps. But uh, it, uh, yeah, it that is kind. Of, I guess one of the downfalls. Unfortunately, yeah, and, and hopefully, you know, if, for modern games they would do something different. And I know they were they were trying for something here, and I appreciate that. But storytelling in games has, has come a long way, so mm -hmm. this part is a little weaker than the actual like combat and moving around and stuff. That's fair. I still think it's got like a really nice, it's got a really nice charm to it, and it's definitely a unique way of presenting the story because at no point do they pull you out of that first person perspective, right? It's always you in the action, right? Or it's you doing these sorts of things. Um, yeah, I mean, even during the conversations or things, it's you that gets to make the choice of whether you're listening to it or what you're doing or anything like that. 
but uh i think that's i think it's a uh, it's it's pretty neat in the sense that they just put you in and you, they keep you in there the entire time so it really gives you a feeling of being like there or being doing this stuff it's not the most dramatic way of storytelling necessarily but i think it's uh, it adds a sense of realism to it apart from the fact that like you said there's big gaps in between what people are saying <laughs> But yeah, I, I do appreciate that they were going for something there and that they're committed to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it. The fact that it hasn't aged perfectly well after 12 years is totally understandable. I, I appreciate their effort. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's good. So that's, yeah, that's about all I have to say about Half-Life 2 for the time being. Uh, so why don't we talk about Why don't we talk about Batman? Batman? Now, a bit of a confession as well is that I've played some of this game before, some of uh, Arkham Asylum before. Uh, several years ago, um, I was working at a camp for teenagers with special needs, and one guy from the camp, I would go and just, you know, hang out with him on weekends or things like this. And one thing that he loved to do was just play video games and have me hang out and watch him play the video games. So, but this is fine for me. I just sit there and I watch him play games. I was like, yeah, man, this works for me. Like, I don't want to move or do anything. So whatever. Um, but one game he really liked to play was Batman Arkham Asylum. And uh, I actually sat there and more or less watched him play most of this game. I didn't really play it myself a whole lot, but uh, I watched him do it, right? And uh, the uh, the interesting thing was that he would do all the combat, but then when it came time to do something that was a little bit more timing-based or puzzle-based, he'd, like, throw the controller at me and be like, you do it, you do it. And then I'd be like, okay. So I did, like, all the scarecrow parts or things like that because he couldn't do it. He couldn't get the timing down or anything like that. But uh, so I hadn't I haven't played it like I've par- I've played parts of it, but I haven't like, you know, played it all the way through. Anyway, now I'm playing it and it's great. Like it's it's awesome. And the game is so like it's it plays so smoothly. Right. Like, I mean, all the combat is nice and it's uh, like your your puzzle solving and detection is nice and straightforward. It's all very fluid, like the way you move between all the different like things that you're doing. Uh, it's, it's, it's very nice to play so far. I'm enjoying it a lot. That's great. That's great. Uh, with, uh, I think the feeling when this game originally came out is there had been some Batman games previously and some were good, some were not so good. And people were like, eh, I don't know about this one. Not sure if it's going to be any good. And they did a thing where they released it for like thirty nine ninety nine compared to like the forty nine ninety nine or fifty nine ninety nine US price you'd usually see. Oh, okay. And and that may have given more people a, a you know, a they would take another look at it because it was a little cheaper and it really caught on really fast. People it was like a darling for that year of games. It was considered like game of the year for a lot of people. Yeah, that uh it really doesn't surprise me. I mean, it looks great. Um it plays really well. It has pretty nice puzzle solving and exploration. And in terms of the amount of like content in it, it seems like there's tons of stuff. Like not just in like exploration, but then in terms of like all the other achievements you can get or the Riddler trophies you can solve or like all this extra stuff that you can do. So it's, uh, and I mean, in terms of like being 
like it's a it's a Batman game, but it also has a lot of like stuff about Batman or a lot of like fan service Batman stuff. Like when you meet a new character or something, it'll show up on the characters page and you can click on the character and like learn a little bit more about them or learn just random stuff or see like what comic they first appeared in or things like that, which is pretty cool. Uh, when I was clicking through, for example, I learned that Harley Quinn, who I always took to be like a pretty big or important Batman character, didn't make her first appearance until 1999, according to this game, which I thought was crazy because Batman's been around for like 80 years. And then, you know, the Joker's been around for 80 years and then Harley Quinn didn't show up until like 17 years ago. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Harley Quinn somewhat infamously is like from the the cartoon first that's where she made her debut and people liked her so much on that show they brought her into the comic continuity because of it well i had no idea i did not even know that well it, it, like there's a a long connection with like these cartoons that it, that has been going on for now like over 20 years and the writer uh for this game for the game story i believe was paul dini and he wrote a lot of the batman cartoon from the early 90s oh Awesome. Okay, so they've got so it's clear then that they've got someone who like knows what he's doing. A and also has had a hand in creating a lot of the content as well, which is pretty neat. Mm-hmm. That's pretty awesome. Um so what's happening in the game? I am uh obviously you bring the Joker into Arkham Asylum at the beginning. Uh and in tip Good, you're done. Oh, uh, what? You're done. You got him in. Yeah. You got him into the. Yeah. They got him. Game over. Game over. Easy, right? But no, that's what the Joker wanted the whole time. And then he breaks out, which is not like any. Like, who couldn't see that coming from like a million miles away? <laughs> I mean, A, obviously it has to be the inciting force for the whole storyline. But like, how does it like Batman and Commissioner Gordon? They're like hanging around. They're like, hmm, that was pretty easy to catch the Joker this time. Something's up. Everybody's basically like, we finally got him. Now there'll be no problems. Um, but he clearly, clearly gets away, right? And then you got to go in and you got to do a whole bunch of different stuff that's in the asylum. Um, so what stuff have I been doing? I beat up Zaz right away. Who, by the way, everybody introduces, they're like, oh man, Zaz is here. You better watch out. And then you just like jump on him from like a high rafter and knock him out. And that's it. <laughs> like that's, I mean, that's it. Zaz is a ridiculous name anyway. Uh, yeah. It's, I'm, come on. Pick, like, is it ZS or SZ? You know, pick one, right? We don't need both. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. So there was that. And, uh, then you're kind of, you know, exploring and things like that. You find the Batmobile and you get out your explosive gel from there. I played it for like, I think maybe four hours or something last night, but I, maybe it was less than that, but it all happened super fast. So for some reason, all the order is messed up in my head. Um, then you're getting in and you're finding doctors and it turns out that they're, you know, getting doctors, they're kidnapping the doctors. And uh, then I played all the way up to the first Scarecrow part, which is, it's it's so great the way they introduce that, because, like, the camera angles, like, change a little bit, and, uh, like, all sorts of weird hallucinations start happening, and then the Scarecrow shows up, and you gotta, like, navigate through this crazy platforming piece while the Scarecrow is, like, gigantic and he's scanning around with these big glowing eyes and you have to stay out of his field of view uh it's really i like those parts i think they're cool um 
But uh, yeah, that's where I played through to. I'm sure. I'm sure I missed some parts in my description, but that's where I got through to, and then I stopped. Well, yeah, okay. So you get to the prison. You try and turn over the Joker. That goes badly. Uh huh. And then you find the Batcave. You find your kind of secret Batcave. Oh, the secret. There's a secret Batcave. I don't remember the secret Batcave. Maybe you. Maybe you haven't gotten. There I. Yet, I may have you, not gotten to that yet. Yeah. It, have you rescued uh, Commissioner Gordon yet? Yes, I. Th- no, because he's with Harley Quinn, right? That's right. Okay, so you haven't gotten spoilers. You'll find a Batcave, but you okay. already knew that. Yeah, I think, I yeah, I, I, yeah, okay. Have you fought uh, Croc yet? No, but they did introduce him, so I think I already figured out that that will be happening eventually. Okay, all right, yeah, there, there's some that there's some fights coming up. Uh, have you seen or fought yet uh, Poison Ivy? No, I forgot that she's in this. You know what's interesting is I remembered Bane is in it, but I forgot Poison Ivy was in it. And they kind of have oh, like yeah, a Bane, interconnection. Bane's like thing. the first boss, right? Yeah, I think something like that. And I just remember that he like runs into walls and then you jump on the back and like on his back. And then you just like rip out the uh, the Venom stuff. Yeah, there you go. Okay, so there's a boss fight. <laughs> you fight Bane. Right, yeah. So looking forward to that. For some reason when I was younger, Bane was my favorite favorite character on the show like i had a bane action figure and like i had other batman you know action figures and things but you would think like oh like have you know batman and like the joker the riddler whatever i had like batman and bane (laughs) and then i had like (laughs) like winter snow batman or something i don't i don't remember what they were um but uh and then i had who was a was uh, uh, the guy who was made of clay and had, like, a clay-looking face. Clayface? Was that his name? His name was Clayface, yes. Uh, yeah. So I had a, <laughs> I had a Clayface action figure, too, which was uh, it seems like another weird one to have. <laughs> I, yeah, that's a little off the beaten path. Yeah, I don't know. I, say. I don't know. Who's your favorite Batman character? Well, I always liked Clayface. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that episode with Clayface? You remember those, like, 40 episodes with the Joker? Ah, the Joker's overplayed. I liked Clayface. Yeah, anyway. Exactly. Anyway, so I'm really looking forward to the Clayface fights in this game, which, if they're not in the game, <laughs> I'm going to be very disappointed. Bummer. I, I, well, you know, I, I'm rooting for you. I'm rooting for you for some Clayface fights. I, I'll say that. Thank you. Thank you. Now, there are, in my opinion, there are, like, three main parts to the game. Oh, okay, sure. Lay it on. There's the detective mode where you're investigating, you're like finding clues to get to the next part of the action. Mm-hmm. There's like the what they call the predator mode where you're like dropped in a room and there are like six dudes around with guns and stuff and you have to take them all out. Mm-hmm. And then there's like a, like a brawler mode, a combat mode where you got a bunch of you're fighting a bunch of dudes but they don't have guns. They're all unarmed. They're coming all at you at once to punch you in the face and you have to punch them in the face instead you know that's been my strategy so far i noticed they're gonna punch me in the face and i just decide to punch them first it's worked out well so far good good i'm glad like i find that those uh that part of the game like the like the rhythm based like combo system where you have to like kind of it's almost like doing a dance really Uh, i found that really enjoyable when i was playing at least Mm -hmm. yeah i uh it is enjoyable I agree. And then, uh, like, you would have the predator mode and the detective mode. Do you spend a lot of time using detective vision? Yeah, it's basically on constantly. <laughs> like, if there's enemies <laughs> around, I don't use regular vision. Like, I use the I use the predator mode because you can see where they are, and I, I don't use anything else other than that. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I think they actually fix that in later games where 
they reduce the amount of like information that comes in detective vision or something like that to give you more incentive not to be in that mode. Oh, well, good. Okay, that that makes sense cuz there's no reason to be in regular vision mode apart from the fact that it makes my computer run slightly faster. You know, for some reason predator mode drains my computer a little bit more. <laughs> so, that's fair, so if it's enough. if it's really if it's really lagging that I'm like, well, I guess I'll go back to regular vision. <laughs> but uh so overall though you're enjoying playing the game yeah i think it's great i'm having uh i'm having a great time with it and i mean i'm using the it's on uh my computer right so i'm using the keyboard and mouse and it's just it makes it it's so it's so smooth to to play it like i mean it controls really well and it's engaging and uh the voice acting is really good and i just like the whole you know i like the theme and everything like that so i'm i'm having a really good time with it great i'm I'm glad I, i hope you're enjoying it i hope you can continue to enjoy the game yeah, I, well, I'm sure I will. I enjoyed watching it once before, so I'm sure I'm going to enjoy continuing to play it. Well, cool, then. Uh, I'll update you on Half-Life 2 if you continue to update me on Batman. I think that's a good idea. All right, well, in that case, then, that brings another episode of So Many Bits to a close. Uh, we can be reached by email at so many bits podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook under the name So Many Bits. You can follow us on Twitter and or Tumblr at so many bits. Uh, you can download our episodes on iTunes. Please rate and review, or you can find most of our recent episodes on SoundCloud. And last but not least, you can find us on secondwindcollective.com and other quality podcasts there. Support independent art. The spirit of Dell compels you. The right man at the wrong time can make all the difference in the world. I think that's it. I might have screwed that up. (laughs) Okay.